Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs wanting to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. I'm an expert in performance and mindset, supporting business owners to create exceptional results in life and business. And I achieve this through coaching, training, speaking, and my online programs. I started this podcast to discover how other thought business leaders create and enjoy success, and to identify the common strategies and techniques, as well as the mindset they have adopted to live their version of exceptional. My aim is simple. It's for you to learn and implement the valuable lessons shared in these episodes. You deserve to live and enjoy an exceptional life, but in order to achieve this, you will need to adopt new strategies and ways of thinking to accomplish your goals. Now, don't forget to hit that subscribe button to make sure you don't miss any of these brilliant episodes. Head over to jeffnicholson.co.uk to register for my Kick Mediocrity in the Nuts newsletter, as well as all you need to know on how to connect with me on social media or join the Facebook group. Now, on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having an amazing week. So we've got a great guest. This is episode 169. Our guest this week is Dylan Ogline. Now, Dylan, after growing his digital marketing agency into a seven-figure agency, generating over a million in sales annually, Dylan Ogline turned his focus to helping other people start and grow their own hyper-profitable digital agency. Dylan undoubtedly believes that anyone can start and build their own digital agency that will allow them to have more freedom and to live a life with purpose and meaning. And he wants to give everyone possible tools to do just that. So Dylan, welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And I'm really looking forward to our conversation. And I have to tell the listeners, I've thoroughly enjoyed our pre-record uh, conversation <laughs> as well. So before, well. We, <laughs> before we dive into this lovely conversation, could you just give us a little bit of a backstory that's brought you to this point today? Oh, backstory. Um, all right. I'll try to give you the, the one minute version. Uh, where should I begin? Uh, I'll start with... Um, I started my first business when I was 14, uh, uh, flipping cell phones on eBay and, and things like that back in the day. Uh, this was like the early 2000s. Uh, this was also the heyday of uh, the, the beginning amateur days of Google AdWords. And uh, that's why I got my start into marketing. And uh, after that business got shut down, I transitioned into agency work and spent 12 or so years um, between when I started that first business uh, to when I was like 26, 27 or so, bouncing around between different business projects, getting absolutely nowhere, uh, losing money, was in a boatload of debt, uh, miserable, didn't, um, uh, didn't know what a vacation was or sleep and uh, thought about quitting a lot of times, but, uh, but eventually had a conversation with a long-term mentor, scrapped everything, focused on one single thing, which was digital marketing services. Uh, fast forward uh, two or three years later, and I have a seven-figure agency for three, three years running give or take three years running. And um, now I've shifted, I still have my agency, but I shifted my focus to, uh, I also now have an education company. Did I do that in under 60 seconds, you think? I mean, that was, that was close. 
You did very well. That was that was that was pretty impressive. Yeah, if we were if we removed the sort of stumbling at the beginning because I caught you on your heels, you definitely you definitely did add to that. <laughs> All right. Yep. Just recap: seventeen years and sixty seconds. So. <laughs> so, so for you, for what was what was the um, thought process in the transition from the digital sort of agency to the educational side? What was your strategy or thought thoughts behind that? So it actually goes back to when I was in high school. Uh, uh, I was a hockey player. I still do play hockey, but I had just coaches uh, and teachers that were just an incredible impact on my life. So when I was you know, 14, 15 years old, give or take, I started to think about what I wanted to do with my life. And being a coach was something that that kept coming up. Uh, but I didn't want to be I wasn't an incredibly good hockey player by all by all means. Uh, I wanted to, you know, coach amateur hockey, uh, high school students, things like that. But unfortunately, those people don't make any money. Uh, so I kind of scrapped the whole coaching or teaching idea. And that's when I got into business. Fast forward a couple of years, and I would always end up at, you know, just meeting people and ended up mentoring them. I, I'd go to a, a conference or an industry event or something like that. And I would tell people, you know, you always ask, you know, what do you do? And my response would be, you know, I own a business, I do this, I do that, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up mentoring people and I enjoyed that way, way more than anything else I was doing, even though I wasn't even making any money off of it. I was doing it for free. So once I got the agency to, to my goal, which was seven figures, I kind of took a step back and was like, okay, what's, what's next? What's the next thing I really want to work on? Uh, and that's when education and, and coaching and training other entrepreneurs, other business owners. Uh, that's that's where it started. Wow, and for, and for you with with the digital agency, what what was the what was the idea behind that? You've obviously gone into the digital market. It was obviously um, probably really really popular there, and SEO is kind of like the the dark arts to a lot of <laughs> to a lot of people. Um, for you, what do you think it takes? to achieve that, to achieve a seven figure business? Because, you know, people will say, you know, what are the secrets? And the obvious ones, obviously, hard work, dedication, um, and as you say, possibly late nights and everything else. But for you, what do you consider as the, as the, the core sort of um, mindset to achieve a seven figure business? For me in particular, what the factor that was, that was missing, I had the work ethic, uh, you know, the, the late nights, you got to you got to do that. You got to put put in the hours. That wasn't the issue for me. Uh, all I did was work. What was missing uh, back when I was making 50 grand a year or not even that when I was really struggling and had a, a bunch of debt. What was missing was a lack of focus uh, compounded by the fact that I am a natural perfectionist. So I would. I was chasing the shiniest object. I, I, at that, my peak, I had like 10 plus business projects running at one single time. None of them were going anywhere. It was a classic tale of the man who chases many rabbits catches none. 
You know, you have to just chase one rabbit. You have to just go in one direction. Uh, and that was that was the issue. Uh, and I, I mentioned earlier, I, I had a conversation with a mentor. Essentially, his advice was scrap everything and focus on the one thing with, with high profit margin that if you end up being just okay at it, you'll hit your your financial goal, which at the time my goal was six figures. Like that, in my mind, if I just hit six figures with a business, like all of my worldly problems would be solved. <laughs> uh, and and from the time that, that, that I had that conversation with him, which would have been uh, October, November, 2016, within four or so months, I was, uh, my agency was on pace for, for six figures. Uh, that would have been some March ish of, uh, of 2017. Uh, and all the, the factor that was missing is I was going in so many diver- different directions, getting absolutely nowhere. So if, for those out there who uh, focuses on you know, the single biggest key. Right. There's so many interesting things. I, w- I wanted to dive into that just that little bit. Okay. <laughs> so the, there's a couple of things. Um, you, you were t- you you were advised to obviously focus on one thing. Um, I love that book, and I love the book Essentialism. Um, and yep. I, and, um, <laughs> it's sitting right behind me. Yeah. So there's there's so hang on, I'm going to write these down. Okay. So focusing on one thing. Then we're talking about choosing something that has a high profit. Was it high? Mm-hmm. How you described it? A high uh, one item that has a high profit. Um, high profit margin. Yeah. Yes. High profit margin. Sorry. Um, perfectionism. There's a, there's, a, there's a one that keeps coming up time and time again with yeah. people I speak to. Um, and so let's just quickly go into that. So, you know, you've got 10 projects going on. You, your, your, your goal is to, is to make, um, I think you said six figures at that, at that period of time. That was the goal. Um, yep. How do you, how do you fight the, the battle between I need to um, look at, sending um having as many jobs as possible i.e you're pricing yourself low to get as much work coming in as you can to having that Mm -hmm. belief that you can get paid a high profit margin product because you know and i'm sure you come across these people as well as you come across these people that they they are desperate and desperate could be the word at sometimes is to make these that is the word uh, yep. this sort of six figure but their inner belief system says that they're not possibly they're not worth or they don't believe they are capable of achieving a high profit product what 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 is that thought process that you think goes in not only in the pricing element but that thing to believe that they could achieve a high profit margin product well one of the things uh especially if you have experience in the industry that you're working in uh one of the things that i like to do uh, especially when I'm working with students, as an example, is, is point out, pr- ask them, like, look at the previous clients that you've worked with. What are the what are the relationships that you have with them? What, or what were the the clients that you had that you enjoyed? Well, tell me tell me more about that. And the, then tell me about the ones that you really hated. And most of the time, very quickly, they're able to identify that, hey, you know, I did this work for this one client and, you know, I gave them my price and they were like, I'm not willing to pay that. I'll pay you, you know, 75% of that. Or can you give me a discount? Because I know your cousin's brother's, 
you know, doctor or something like that. And, uh, and then the clients that you enjoyed working for, what's the similarities there? And, and a lot of people will say things like, I gave him my price and they said yes right away. Or they, I, you know, I, I sent him an invoice and it felt like five minutes later, the payment came in. Uh, not only were they, did they pay a high price, they didn't haggle on that, but they also were a pleasure to deal with. So that's just a, like a, a trick that I use with folks, with students when I'm teaching them is, is just look at the previous people that you worked with. <laughs> and I've never in, in, in my career have I experienced uh, somebody that haggles on price, uh, them ending up being a good client. Like it, it just never happens. <laughs> No, no, need me neither. No, me neither. Yeah, absolutely. And very, very few people are like, oh, this person haggled on price. And then they gave me a glowing review whenever it was all done and over with. Like that never happens. Like 99 times out of 100, the people that haggle on price or complain about the price or anything like that, uh, they end up being bad clients. And the people that, uh, do, do end up being good clients, they probably didn't even care about the price in the beginning. Uh, and just, that kind of shakes people. And they're like, they, they start to see it. And, and I, I don't know why, but that, that's always worked with me with students. And if you have a, have you, did you at the, at the sort of that beginning of your journey had to work on yourself to get to that confidence point to go, this is what I am worth? Or have you, was there something sort of like a, an, an ingrained sort of belief system that, 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 and a confidence that you had when you started off? Uh, I didn't particularly have that issue because what I was taught, and I don't know where I picked this up from whatever mentor or whatever training program I might've gone through to teach me this, but I was taught that as a business owner, you need to think that people most people don't actually care about the price. They care about, can you solve my problem? I have a problem. People have problems and they want solutions. Uh, and if you can, if, if the, you know, in my particular case, it's digital marketing. So, you know, if people are paying me for their marketing services, if they get a positive ROI, they don't care if they're paying me a thousand dollars a month or fifty thousand dollars a month. They don't care. They care about: Am I getting a positive ROI? Am I getting growth by using uh, Dylan's services by working with Dylan? Uh, that's what people care about most. So for me, I didn't particularly have that that issue. And most folks who are working with businesses, uh, again they don't really care about your end client doesn't particularly care about price. It's more about, I have a problem. Can you solve this for me? Do you have the solution? Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. The second part is focus and perfectionism. So, so cause, cause often they're the, the, the sort of like the, the double-edged sword of the same thing, aren't they? Cause you can have like, no, I need to focus on this, but then there's the bad end of that, which is, you're focusing it to the finite thing, thinking that it's not good enough. And then the other thing is, is that dedication of going, no, I'm going to focus on this one project until it's completed, removing all of the squirrels and shiny things that are going on around you to go and do that. What sort of strategies do you do use to sort of 
uh, harness that focus on that one project, or should I say, did you use and carry on using to do that? So I, I would I would preface this by by saying that this is, in my opinion, like the most important lesson when it comes to business is is focus, focus, focus. Uh, there's a really good book called I think it's just called The One Thing. <laughs> uh, whoever the author is, I don't know. Uh, I can tell you what the whole book's about. It's about the one thing. Yeah. Focus on the like one thing. Saved you some time there. Uh, another great book on this is is Essentialism. Uh, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, fantastic book. Uh, focusing on the critical few things with your business that are actually going to move the needle. Uh, the was it Plato principle? Is that how you, is that the name? Uh, the 80, 20 method focusing on the 20% of actions, efforts, et cetera, that get you 80% of the results. I am always, always thinking about that. It's always in my mind. I'm always applying that for me, particularly what it was and, and why it was so easy was I had spent so many years uh, bouncing around from one idea to the next, getting absolutely nowhere because the idea had to be perfect. I had to get the business card and then I had to get the the stationery and then I had to get the logo and then I had to have the website and and then the LinkedIn page and then this and then that and, and never actually made the cash register ring. So when I had that conversation with that mentor and he's like, you know, you're being an idiot. <laughs> like, like that's your problem. Uh, you need to focus on one single thing. Uh, it was like a slap in the face. And, and I just, that night I went down into my freezing basement office and I just deleted all the businesses that weren't generating revenue. Uh, and I just told myself, I'm going to focus on this one single thing. And I went like hardcore with it. Uh, so my business is called Ogline Digital. It wasn't actually Ogline Digital until the beginning of last year. So we were a seven-figure agency and there was no like official name. Like people were just paying me. There was no website. There was no phone system. Uh, none of that crap, which, which I recommend people have. But I didn't, I was, I had spent so long suffering and getting nowhere that I was just like, I'm going to go into this as hard as I possibly can and just ruthlessly cut everything, keep it lean, mean, and scrappy, and just focus on the absolute critical things, which were getting, you know, the few core clients and then getting those clients results. That's it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting as well, because I do think there's a, there's a, you know, there's an absolutely being caught in this starting out, um, I think 13 years ago, it was, it was very much, you look at what everyone is telling you, you should have, mm -hmm. and you're going, as you say, it's the business card, it's the, it's the, the website, it's the, whatever it is. And that's what your attention is on. Um, or it's going networking without really having a networking strategy and thinking it's just sitting down with some people having a cup of coffee or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's not until you start taking a step back and go, how, one, what do I strategically need to do to deliver the result that I'm looking for? And then I suppose the other bit is, is as you say, is, is, you know, we can, we can get, and I love the fact that you've done, did all that with not like not even a name or, or anything <laughs> like that, because like it's, it's generally what you see is people all care initially more about getting the right phone system in. Oh yeah. And actually sitting down and going, 
okay, I need to do this. And they could spend hours worrying about, you know, you know, which, which CRM do I have to use? Or the best one is the, the to do one, the product productivity app. Oh yeah. And they all do exactly the same. Spend a month setting it up. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So it's it's um, and I certainly have been caught by that because I, I I get into sort of gadget envy um, and go after stuff. But it's it is it's really really interesting when you take a step back and go, actually, what is it that I just need to concentrate on to give me the result that I need to? Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the final the final question before we jump over to the other the, the other part of the the show is is do you have a team? Is it a do you employ people or do you have a virtual team? How does the the sort of the system work for your um, the staff leveling work? Absolutely. So uh, one key thing, I'm, I'm going to answer this in a roundabout way. One key thing is, is I tell people whether you're starting an agency or you're going to be a, a consultant or a photographer or anything, uh, you your lifestyle is incredibly important. So start the business and build the business from day one for the kind of lifestyle that you want. Uh, for me, at least pre-COVID, you know, travel was very important. So I didn't want to have uh, an office, uh, even though we, you know, we have uh, like co-working spaces and stuff like that. We, we don't have an official location. Uh, I work out of my home. My entire team works out of their home. Uh, that was built from day one for that purpose. Uh, if you, uh, you know, if you, you, you don't want to do the deferred life plan and, and defer these things into the future. So from day one, you want to build the business, uh, the, in the, in such a way for the lifestyle that you as the business owner want. Uh, so for me, uh, our team is completely virtual. As I mentioned, uh, I don't have any technical employees. I don't know. You're in the UK. So, so here we have employees, which you have to pay like taxes on. You have to give them like health insurance and stuff like that. Uh, all of my team is independent contractors. Uh, I only have, I only have six people right now. Uh, two of them are in the United States for international, uh, most, a lot of people in the United States, at least prefer to be an employee, but I, I, I tell my people, I'm like, I don't want to deal with that stuff. So I'm going to overpay you. <laughs> and then, then you can go buy your own health insurance and stuff like that. So please buy your health insurance and please do this. I know you guys in the UK, you don't need to worry about that, but no, but tire team is virtual. Uh, we got Slack um, and everybody's happier. Everybody's happier yeah, that way. I, pr- I prefer not having stuff and just running a virtual team. I think it makes like yeah. so much. Yeah, that's the way to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, hundred so percent. We're going to jump over to the second part of the show where I get to ask you a set of questions. Um, so the so the first question is, how much time roughly do you dedicate a week to self development? Uh, so for the preface, I did know these questions were coming, but I didn't want to like script out my questions. So I've read through them quickly. Uh. So, so much time. It, it depends on what you would describe. It's it's personal development. That's that's what you said, right? Is that the way? Yeah. So if I say body, mind, and soul, it depends on what you would consider those things. I do meditate every day uh, for fifteen to twenty minutes. Uh, absolutely critical. I try to do something physical every day. So it's either going for. Uh, I'm into cycling. I play hockey. Uh, I do kind of CrossFit. Uh, and I lift. So I'm always trying to do at least something every day that takes 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, and then I read, uh, 23 minutes because 23 is my, my lucky number, uh, twice a day to so two 23 minute, like 
I love I love that. Twenty three minutes. <laughs> Do you like have a stomach to go? <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Uh, this is also important too. I have, uh, I was taught this by, uh, Sam ovens. Uh, I have a, a, um, a list of affirmations, uh, and goals. And I review that list. I literally say them out loud every single day. It's so silly, but dude, that stuff works. No, I do. I do the same. Yeah. I do the same. Yeah. I, I do it in front of a mirror. Um, hey, whatever works, and I, and man. I don't, whatever I don't, works. I don't leave. I don't leave the mirror until I'm congruent with what I'm saying, how I'm saying it, and my posture. And I've done that for, geez, I've done that for the last sort of fourteen years. A good friend of mine, he had uh, he went on like Fiverr.com or something, and there's somebody, there's people who will do this. That they're like voice voiceover actors. They'll say you're they'll make a recording of whatever your affirmations are whatever you tell them to make and he uh listen he i think he goes on like a walk every morning um he lives in pittsburgh and he'll walk around pittsburgh for like you know 15 20 minutes listening to his affirmations list uh whatever you gotta do but i oh man i'm big into i think it's so silly but it works yeah, there's a th- no, there's a there's a fantastic app called ThinkUp where you can record your own and put music in the background, um, and just listen to it over and over again. I often recommend it to some of my clients. Um, I don't know if I could stand my own voice uh, though. It's a nice voice. Don't don't do yourself short, Dylan. Don't do yourself <laughs> short. Um, okay, question number two: What book has made the biggest impact to your self development or personal growth, and why? Uh. One book. Uh, since we're on a on a on a business podcast, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with uh, the Four Hour Workweek by by Tim Ferriss. Uh, that was my first introduction to kind of the whole idea of the eighty twenty method, and it just blew me away. Just just blew me away. Uh, completely changed my life. Cool, cool. Number three, what app makes the biggest impact to your business or personal life? Uh, I'm like an anti-app guy. So I have like I have very few apps on my phone. I'm against apps. I'm against things that take your, that distract you and stuff like that. So uh, one I do use is the Calm app for meditation. The only reason I use that app, uh, which I use the, the free version uh, I do the unguided 15 or 20 minute session. Uh, the only reason I use that is in the beginning when I started meditation, I really struggled to like build the habit. So it tracks you and it, uh, it'll, you'll get a streak. So right now I have like a, I think I'm on like 693 day streak. And let me tell you, I'm not breaking that streak. <laughs> like I'm like hell or high water. I'm not breaking it. So uh, it, and that's what it took for me to really build the habit of doing, uh, doing daily meditation. Cool. Um, what number four is what's your biggest business mistake that turned into a valuable lesson and what did it teach you? business mistake uh trying to do uh trying to do too many things the the if you want to do more you need to do less so ruthlessly 
ruthlessly cut no specific uh i don't have a specific situation for this lesson but but it was those years of i was trying to do everything and and uh, you know i can handle 10 businesses at one time and like no no you can't nobody can uh it's it's better just do one thing and then do apply 80 20 to your life and then apply it again to that other 20 percent Love it. Love it. And um, what's your, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Uh, <laughs> focus. <laughs> There's a common theme traveling through here. People. Yeah. I think this, <laughs> I think this episode is just going to be called focus. We don't know why. Um, what is, what's your definition of success? Um, I'm going to be, uh, to love. It's a powerful thing. That's a powerful thing. Um, okay, and um, number eight, uh, final questions. You've mentioned daily routines. Is there any other routines that you use to make a positive impact to your day? Absolutely. Uh, I am a firm believer that your the last the last hour of your day and the first hour of your day define your life. If you uh, work at your desk until you pass out and, you know, you finish working, you walk to bed and you pass out, you probably aren't organized with your life. <laughs> uh, if you, you wake up in the morning and you're scrambling to get dressed and brush your teeth and get out the door within five minutes, you're probably not going to be successful. Uh, you, yeah. So there's, there's a ton of stuff, uh, ton of stuff I do like, as an example, I, I try not to be at my computer for at least an hour prior to when I want to go to bed. Uh, that, I mean, that's a routine for me. Uh, I read before I go to bed. Uh, I do like a stretching, a little bit of yoga in the morning. I think that's absolutely critical. Uh, just like wakes up your body and stuff like that. Do meditation in the morning, say my affirmations and things like that. You got to find uh, everybody out there needs to find what works best for them. But but look at uh, my general advice would be to like look at your your life and try to pick out like uh, I'm really unorganized. Okay, well, well try to find like was there is is your morning unorganized? Are you not making your bed? Stupid small stuff like that sets the trend for the rest of your day. Are you waking up in the morning and immediately pulling up your phone and and jumping on Instagram and Twitter? Well, that's that's probably where some of your problems are coming from. So, uh, again, I'm a, I'm a firm believer: the first and last hour of your day define your life. Yeah, I, I teach bookending your day, which is the same principle, because it it helps keep keeps everything else up up straight. Because it's is is if you if you haven't reviewed your plan and set your plan for the next day, especially I remember what I was like when I was younger and naive and working for someone else unfortunately for them um it was i kind of like would wake up at the five ten minutes before i was supposed to leave the the house get to work and then the first hour is the planning hour but then that's when the emergencies happen and people make phone calls to you and stuff and the plan gets push back, push back, push back until before you know it, it's lunchtime and you've got to put a whole new plan in place anyway, because the day's just been wasted. So it's, it's, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a valuable lesson Yeah, and to, to sort of think about how you're going to plan your strategies out. And again, you need to, you know, for all the listeners out there, you need to figure out what works, what works best for you. If you, 
we were talking you know, pre-show about kids and stuff like that. If you have kids and you know they need to get to school by six o'clock, well, then you need to get up at five or whatever. And if if you're saying, oh, getting up at five is brutal, well, then you need to get to bed earlier. Like that, that's the problem. <laughs> like you need to figure out what what works best for you, uh, and and look for you know, where you're having some issues and it's probably has to do with something you're doing at the beginning of your day or the end of your day. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's prioritizing. If you want to achieve, you know, let's use the example that we started the show with, with the seven figure business. If you want to achieve that, you've got to do the work. And if, you know, you want to lie in bed until nine o'clock in the morning and then go to bed at one o'clock in the morning, because you've just spent four hours on the Xbox you're not going to get, there's nothing wrong with playing on the Xbox if that's a relaxing strategy, but it doesn't mean it has to consume your entire day or evening, should I say. And then you're sitting, you're not, you're not working on all, all cylinders. You're, you're tired, which means you're not effective. You're not thinking straight. Your cognitive energy is low and your physical energy will be completely out the ballpark. Um, you know, all of that is going to have a, an impact to the results that you're actually trying to, and also the 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 um, you're also by proxy educating your children to think the same, and that's also another thing. So it's for me, it was always to look at it and go, no, I'm 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 going to help my kids learn the lessons through without making the same mistakes I did. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, one one thing I would add, bringing this back to kind of business and the common theme throughout this, this show was was talking about focus, right? One of the very important lessons I was taught uh, was how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you're, when I'm, when I'm working with students and they're like, I can't get my business organized or I can't do this, or, uh, you know, I'm really struggling to, uh, you know, get everything done to, to start my agency and things like that. I, I asked them a question that nobody sees coming and that's, did you make your bed this morning? And if it 99% of the time, if the, if they're, if they're telling me I'm having you know trouble getting things started and getting organized and things like that, the answer is no. And I'm like, well, start by making your bed tomorrow morning and just to see what that does. And and people will be like, well, I don't have time for that. And it's like how you do one thing is how you do everything. If you're not making your bed like that's it's so silly and stupid. But if you're not doing that, then you're probably letting other things slide in your life. And if your response is, well, I don't have enough time because I have so much going on, then you're doing too many things and you need to cut things you are not focusing on the important things. So everybody out there, the most successful people in the world, we all have 24 hours in a day. Doesn't matter if you're, you know, the person who's playing Xbox all day and is a bomb living in their mom's basement and, you know, is overweight and unemployed and not doing anything with their life or the most successful people in the world, whether we're talking about Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or whatever, we all have the same amount of time. So clearly the problem is not time. The problem is you're not prioritizing. So everything you need to be doing at a, at a high level and if you don't have time, then you need to cut things. It's that simple. Yeah. And I suggest you watch the Goldcast video of the Navy SEAL who talks about making your bed. 
I have watched that. that I watched a, that a couple that months is, ago. It's fantastic. It is very, very good. It is very, very good. Um, okay, so we have come to the end of the show, which is a real shame because I could talk to you for hours. Um, could, how could we find out more about you? The floor is yours to share um, how we can connect with you, how we can uh, find out more about what you do. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on the uh, the Facebooks, the LinkedIn's, uh, and the Instagrams of the world at Dylan Ogline. Uh, my personal website is DylanOgline.com. And then uh, my agency website is oglindigital.com. Brilliant. Dylan, I'll put all of that on the show notes. Um, Just this final opportunity to say thank you so much for taking the time and joining me. And I wish you the greatest success. Absolutely. You as well, Jeff. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening. And it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast. And that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.